بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الحمد للہ از دا ففتھ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوئنٹی that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu so as promised I've mentioned the name of Marwan ibn al-Hakam quite a lot during the blessed life of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu so it's very important now to know who this person is a few facts about this personality after so much apparently negative reports have reached us with regards to him so we be fair and just so we're not like the rawafit who just make everybody one or two individuals you know superstars and the rest you know in the mud we are very fair we're balanced so what do we know about marwan so firstly marwan ibn al-haqam He was the first paternal cousin of Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Uthman, radiyallahu. So let's go into this. So Uthman's father, radiyallahu, is Affan. So his name is Uthman ibn Affan. Marwan's father is Al-Hakam. So Affan and Al-Hakam, they were brothers. So Uthman radiyallahu's uncle, his dad's brother, was Al-Hakam. And Marwan's uncle, dad's brother, was Afan. So they're first paternal cousins. And if you go back to the lineage of the Prophet, then it joins with Ab-Manaf. So Ab-Manaf, his son was Ab-Shams. His son was Umayya, whom the tribe is called after. His son was Abi Al-As, and Abi Al-As was the father of Afan and Al-Hakam. But we don't need to go that far back. All we need to know here is that he was very, very close to Uthman. He was his first cousin. Not only was he his cousin, Uthman who gave his daughter Fatima in marriage to him. So Uthman ibn Afan is the father-in-law of Marwan ibn Al-Hakam. So if he was completely of a dubious nature. Do you honestly believe Amir al-Mu'mineen, Uthman would give his daughter to him? So obviously, he can't be, you know, of such a nature that some people make you believe. It is related in various reports that our beloved Messenger had cursed Marwan's father, Al-Hakam. He had also banished him from Al-Madina. So there's reports that mention that. So if you open the books, you will get a report saying that Marwan's father was cursed, Al-Hakam. Why? We don't need to go into it. The Prophet cursed him and he goes, get him out of Medina. But is this authentic? Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah in Minhaj Sunnah 3-195-6 he commented upon this and similar reports which give negativity about Marwan and his father. Quote, the report about the Prophet ﷺ expelling Marwan's father 
for he has been cursed is da'if in both the chain and the text. So the great Ibn Taymiyyah rahmatullah said, they are reports, but they're not authentic. So if a person goes, Marwan's father was cursed, he is the, he is the son of the cursed one. Say no, astaghfirullah. But it's a hadith. He goes, yes, but is it authentic? If it's not authentic, you can't start keep, keep, uh, call people cursed. So this is very important. Indeed, what further belies this is that Amir al-Mu'mineen Uthman had allowed his uncle return to Al-Madina. Thus are we to now find fault with Uthman. So let's go with it. Let's say Marwan's father was cursed. There's a hadith on it. He's okay. He's cursed. So where did he go? Because he was banished from Medina. He was exiled. Okay. Did he come back to Medina? They'll say, well, he goes, yeah. Because who brought him back? He's Uthman. So Uthman brought his uncle back. His dad brother. He goes, yes. But I thought he was cursed. Why would Uthman, bring a cursed man back defying a direct statement or command of the Prophet? So you notice, this is so somebody has done something here. They're trying to tarnish somebody. Somebody's like, you know, basically throwing mud on a certain individual. The Honorable Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah, he said in Minhaj al-Sunnah 3-197, Marwan ibn al-Haqm had not reached puberty during the lifetime of Rasulullah according to the scholarly consensus. He was a child. At most, if you're going to push it, he says, at most he was 10 years old at the time. He was a Muslim. He used to read the Quran. He learned his religion. Before the fitna, he was not known for anything for which he could be criticized. And Uthman is not to be blamed for appointing him as his scribe. As for getting up caught in the fitna, then this happened to others who were far greater than Marwan. <laughs> so what did the great Ibn Taymiyyah say? He goes, he was a child in the time of the Prophet I'm going to discuss in a bit whether he was a Sahaba. He was a child. All the scholars agree. He wasn't Balik when the Prophet passed away. He, he was a dedicated Muslim. He recited the Quran. And think about this. Before the fitna, nobody had a bad word to say about him. Abu Bakr's Khalifa, nobody had a bad word to say about him. Umar's Khalifa, nobody had a bad word. It's only when the fitna arose, his name started getting tarnished. But then Ibn Taymiyyah said, but we shouldn't find this strange. Senior Sahaba got tarnished. <laughs> so, if you know, leave alone poor Marwan. They tarnish, you know, they tarnish Uthman. They tarnish Aisha. They tarnish Zubayat Talqa. So, obviously, Marwan will hope So, he goes, you know, there's nobody about that. Those, the Honorable Imam Tirmidhi said, Rahmatullah, in his Sunan, number 3033, Marwan did not hear from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was one of the Tabi'een. Marwan did not hear from Rasulullah He was one of the Tabi'een. So what's interesting about that? You want to question his authority. In his Sunnah he says that. He goes, he's a Tabi'een. But then you go, but wasn't he a child in the time of the Prophet Yes. But that doesn't give you an automatic right to become a Sahaba. You have to see the Prophet You could be born in the time of the Prophet But you might not necessarily have seen him. Right? So this is how we explain. In addition, 
in Tuhfat al-Ahwazi 4-93, Imam Bukhari related that Marwan did not see Rasulullah It is reported that he himself stated he was not accompanied. So Amir al-Mu'mineen of Hadith, Imam Bukhari, he said he never saw the Prophet and Imam Bukhari said he's a Tabi'in. So why is this important to distinguish? Because if you see roughness in him, like we did when we went through Abu Huraira's life. He's not a Sahaba. So obviously, you know, you can expect a few rough edges here and there, you know, he's, he's, and who was looking after him? Yeah. Abu Huraira. <laughs> it is known that Marwan ibn al-Hakam was very knowledgeable and just. Indeed, he was a jurist. Think about that. He was a jurist whose judgments and fatawa are placed in Imam Malik's Mawatta. So think about that. If somebody goes to you, who's a, who's a kind of a qadi, a judge? Would you think of Marwan? Think, oh, Only thing I've heard about Marwan is he's always causing grief. Right? And he goes, you've been affected, brother. You've been affected. <laughs> Imam Malik in his muwatta mentions his judgments. Doesn't Imam Malik know who to get judgments from? Are you going to accuse Imam Malik of being a, a, a jail? <laughs> Imam Ahmad said, in Al-Bidayah 8-260, it was said that Marwan was a good judge and he used to base his opinions on cases judged by Umar ibn al-Khattab. Mm-hmm. So Imam Ahmad, look at these authorities I'm quoting. No point going to Maulana Sahib and Sheikh al-Dishayr. Masha, may Allah bless him. Who am I quoting? No, the one who owns a chippy down Ba'ama Road, right? Mm-hmm. I'm quoting the Imams, right? So what did Imam Ahmad say? He goes, he was a good judge. And I noticed he would base his rulings on upon Umar's rulings. Umar <laughs> As mentioned, Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Mu'awiyah had various occasions appointed him the governor of no other than the holy city of Al-Madina. <coughs> so now think about it. If you're a governor, you've got big responsibilities. If you're the governor of Al-Madina, oh my goodness, that's the biggest responsibility of all. No, you could argue over Makkah as well. Do you believe, can you honestly believe that Hazrat Muawiyah would put a dodgy person in charge of the city of the Prophet? So stay there. You've been affected, brother. Right? You understand? When you hear all these women, I was thinking that he would, there you go, you have to be just. It is related. When Hazrat Muawiyah became the Khalif, he appointed Marwan ibn al-Hakam over al-Madinah but then he later dismissed him. Then he appointed Sa'id ibn al-As over it and then he dismissed him. Then he appointed again Marwan ibn al-Hakam and then dismissed him and again appointed Sa'id ibn al-As over it. This is recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 2, page 20 of the English translation in the chapter on the first generation of the Tabi'een of the people of Al-Madinah. So what was the policy of Hazrat Muawiyah? He said, he used to swap the governors. So you say, Marwan, you're the governor of Medina. Maybe a few months into it, maybe a year, you're dismissed. Saeed, you take over. Sahaba now, he takes over. A couple of months, weeks, uh, years, dismissed. Marwan, take over again. So it's not as if he just pointed him and left him there. He was, this was his policy. He just rotated the governors. But the fight that he put him in charge and he was Tabi'in. Shows Muawiyah had great trust in him because Sayyid's a Sahaba. Mm. I mentioned yesterday that Muawiyah thought, I think he should be the Khalif. Well, unfortunately, Sayyid passed away. Yeah. 
But Marwan, the fact that he's rotating Marwan with Sayyid shows that he must be very noble. As shown earlier, it is authentically related that the Amir al-Mu'mineen would also alternate the governorship of the holy city between Abu Huraira and Marwan. I've mentioned this. Or Marwan would deputize him in his absence. So sometimes Muawiyah would say, Abu Huraira, you're the governor. Sometimes Marwan would go to Hajj or some business and he goes, Abu Huraira, I deputize you to look over the holy city. This bright picture of Marwan's knowledge, justice, understanding, religious commitment is very different from the hateful picture presented by many historians who tried hard to distort the image of this man's life. Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, Amir al-Mu'mineen of Hadith, in Fatt al-Bari 2-164, he said, no attention should be paid to those who spoke against him. So look at these giants, Ibn Hajar. You have to get up, get up very early in the day to find a hadith he didn't, he didn't know. He said, I'm advising you. You should pay no attention to anybody who speaks ill about him. He goes, I'm telling you. Now, why did he say that? Because he knew the true image of this man. And he knew the lies. And he goes, you don't know the chains. You're laymen and women. So I'm advising you, trust me. If you get a negative about him, he goes, ignore it. He goes, ignore that. Whilst Hafiz ibn Kayyim, he testified just like his teacher Ibn Taymiyyah in Al-Manar Al-Munif, page 117. The reports which criticize Al-Walid ibn Uqba radiyallahu and Marwan ibn Al-Hakam are all false. So Hafiz ibn Kayyim, another giant of hadith, he went further. He goes, if you find any report criticizing these two men, Al-Walid ibn Uqba and Marwan ibn Al-Hakam because they're lies. It's false. Some shaitans are trying to mudsling these individuals. So now let's look. Who's Walid ibn Uqba? So we're talking about Marwan ibn Al-Hakam. But who's Walid ibn Al-Uqba? Anybody know who this person is? Walid ibn Uqba was Uthman's half-brother. They shared the same mother. Right? So he's the brother of Uthman. So now why am I mentioning that? That's very interesting. So anybody who's linked to Uthman is being targeted. Who do you think is targeting them? You know, don't you be Sherlock Holmes to work here, huh? right? The Lawafid. Right? Why? Because Uthman is, you know, he's on another pedestal because we can't really get to him. But let's get to them around him. Let's go for his brother. Let's go for, oh yes, his cousin, who they really trying to tarnish. Astaghfirullah. So Hafiz ibn Qayyim said, lies, lies. It is authentically reported that the last words that Marwan spoke, imagine, what is his dying words? In Al-Bidayah 8-262, he said, Paradise is due to the one who fears Allah. Subhanallah. Paradise is due to the one who fears Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And engraved upon his ring were glorified and free from all imperfection is Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I believe in the Almighty and the Most Merciful. So what was his last words? Fear Allah, you'll be successful. If he was a, a dodgy person, Allah ta'ala won't allow dodgy people to say good things at the end. They say stupid things. You know, like you know the reports. You get some people saying checkmate because they love to play chess. Checkmate. <laughs> that was your last words. Another person says, 
you know, two for three because he dealt with riba. So the last words doesn't mean that, you know, you've got to be pious. What was Marwan's last words? Paradise is due to the one who fears Allah. And on his ring, he had dhikr. How could all this not be the case when Amir al-Mu'mineen Uthman kept him so close during his khalifat? Subhanallah, but it is only those with intellects who will reflect. We seek refuge in Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from having anything in our hearts against those who are most near and dear to him. Amin. So imagine I didn't go through this session. All you've heard about Marwan is he's got a problem against Banu Hashim. <laughs> you know, he's got a problem against Hassan and Hussein. He's giving grief to Abu Huraira. And that's the games that people play. They'll call those reports. So then you'll think, the governor of Al-Madina is a shaitan. A tabi'in shaitan. What are you talking about? Right, you right. But why do you got a problem against Hassan and Hussein? And the response is politics. Fitna. Fitna and fasad. Politics. You understand? Right? And what did Ibn Taymiyyah said? Greater people were affected by the fitna. So why do you, you know, think it's strange that Marwanga affected? But notice at the end of his life. So just add a few other things. When Uthman was besieged, Allah, who was with him, staying in his dwelling? Marwan. Marwan ibn al-Hakam was his scribe. So what happened? He saw that the rebels were causing mischief. And one of the letters of Uthman, with his signature, his signet ring, was written to Egypt. And it said, when these people come back, the governor execute them, these rebels. So according to Ibn Asakir in his tarikh, Demish, Marwan had wrote this letter and he used Uthman's ring. So why did he do that? He did that because Uthman wasn't going to do anything. He was going to lay down his life. So Marwan had a deep love, he thought. He knew, like you said, desperate measures. He's thinking, I'm going to have to do something. May Allah forgive me. So he wrote the letter. When the rebels intercepted that letter, they thought Uthman had wrote it. Right? And they came back. They go, what's this? Right? And then Uthman swore custom because I don't know nothing about this letter. And that's what, so even though his intention was good, he accelerated the fitna. And then, how do we know he loved Uthman? He was one of those guards outside who got seriously injured. In Al-Bidayah, Hussein got injured guarding Uthman. At his entrance, Hassan got injured, Abdullah ibn Zabah, and Marwan. He was seriously injured. So don't get this impression, he's just eating grapes, you know, waiting for his you know, cousin to pass away to get, you know, go for authority. He was trying his best to save him. And then after Uthman was martyred, all hell broke loose. Right? The Sahaba now got involved. Most of them kept out, like I mentioned, but some got involved. And then you get them other caucus, thousands of Sahaba. What are you talking about? Where the thousands come from? About 30 Sahaba got involved. The way, you know, the way we, we caused the problems. We start you know, propagating these lies. Thousands of Sahaba got involved, didn't they? Thousands of more visiting kebabs got involved. It was Sahaba. Like, Radiyallahu ta'ala, what are you talking about? And the, 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 the deviants love that. They go, oh, they're doing our job for us. Thousands of them, look at them. Thousands. Right? Because we all know, oh my God, we're going to have to purify our history. And Marwan, you have to be fair. Yes, he had a problem. He had nothing really in his heart. Let me give you one report. Marwan, when Hassan was martyred, he got poisoned. He was weeping. He was weeping. 
So somebody said to him, he goes, what the heck is going on here? Now we say today, he goes, you had so much, you know, animosity against him, now you're crying. <laughs> so Marwan said, you know, he just said a few words back, as if to say, look, he goes, that's not really how I thought of him. So why is that touching the poor in Al-Bidayah? He looked at him. But because of the situation, you know, the politics, he thought, no. But when he died, he, he was devastated. So think about it. You know, you got those reports which are weak, which mention he prevented Hassan from being buried next to Rasulullah. But those hadiths are weak. But they, uh, Abiz ibn Katir mentioned that. But even if it's true, he still loved Hassan. Yes. But if we just thinking, you know, like Abu Huraira said, are you trying to please the one who's not here? Yeah. Moabia. Is that your intention? <coughs> so Abu Huraira saw, saw stayed to it. If yeah. it was true, because you think, because you're not really pleasing Moabia, because what are you doing? So again, be just with Marwan. <coughs> there is a view <coughs> that he was a Sahaba. There is a view. So we respect that as well. Both the majority said, no, he was a Tabi'in. So who are the giants who say he's a Tabi'in? <laughs> Imam Ahmad, Imam Bukhari, Imam Tirmidhi, Hafiz ibn Taymiyyah. I don't know who else, you know, you know, you know, who, you know who are your scholars? Sheikh <laughs> this and Sheikh Allah, right? So these are the Imams, right? right? These are, the, you know, because he's a Tabi'in, so he, he deserves our respect. So I think the most appropriate title when you hear his name is to say Rahmatullah. So when you hear his name, you say, may Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon him. The reason I didn't say that when I was going through the biography is because it might have caused confusion for you. Because when you hear the report, you think, why is Brother Yusuf saying, he hears Hassan and Hussein, may Allah have mercy upon him. You know, so that's why I didn't say it. But I was saying it in my heart. But when you hear his name, obviously, he deserves our love and respect. And don't forget, he became the Khalif. How can you not respect the Amir al-Mu'mineen of the entire Muslims? He became the Amir al-Mu'mineen. Muawiyah was the first Khalif, he passed away 20 year rule. Yazid became the Khalif two years, he passed away. Muawiyah the second resigned. Marwan became the Khalif. So not only was he a governor, he became the ruler of the Muslims. Marwan, right? So think about that. Allah Ta'ala was honoring this Ummah. These were the nobles of the Quraysh. So Uthman's son-in-law, look how beautiful this is. To finish with this, Uthman gave his life. And the shaitans thought, we've taken out Uthman. But did they take out Uthman? No. Because Allah Ta'ala kept the Khilafat amongst the Umayyads for 80 years. So Allah Ta'ala was telling you, you think you've stopped the Umayyads? Is that what you think these Sahaba were doing? But just, you know, you get that, like, you know, like that beautiful poetic justice. You thought you told the Umayyads that? Guess what? 80 years Umayyad kingship now. Right? So Allah Ta'ala was showing to you, you know, if you want to play games, I'm gonna, I'll play games with you as well. But they were good people, noble people. There were some obviously who had problems, like Yazid, he had some serious problems. You know, obviously Hussein was martyred, we know that. But be just to these people, don't just hear the negatives. <laughs> so all I mentioned today was I talked about Marwan ibn al-Hakm. Why? Because we need to know who these nobles are. But of course, we have to be fair. We mentioned the reports, but you know, be just. You know, you know. And the way I look at it, he was ninety-five percent pure goodness. There were some problems he had, but if you focus on that five percent, you're thinking, "Is a shaitan? How unjust is that? What good did he do?" 
Osman gave his daughter to him. He must have seen some good qualities in him. Right? You know, think about that. You know, subhanallah. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi ismanika lahumma bihamdika ishtu la ilahi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa dhikullahi wa nishtanjim. Subhanallah rabbika rabbil izzat amma yisifun wa salam ala al-mursaleem. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bismillahi rabbil alameen. Wal-asr in nizam lafi khusr. Al-ladhi na'amadu wa amadu 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 wa am